And now, today's personal God story. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. I would have told you my name, but Brother Jerry said that I am Pastor Wendley Fowler. I am the son of the late Auric and the early Joyce Fowler, both Androsians. I was born in a small settlement called the Garden of Andros, so I'm from the yard called Stanyard Creek. Do we have any Stanyard Creek? Yes. Hey, hey. <laughs> My story. My story is absolutely and completely a story of God's grace. And I am so forever grateful to him for adopting me into his family. For I was a shorter person, a child. I spent every Sunday that I can recall in church. My mother, my dear mother, was the one that took me to church every Sunday. I cannot remember a single Sunday that I did not go to church. At the same time, I do not recall any Sunday that I sat in church with my father. I never remember sitting in church with him. He did go, of course, to church. Usually that was when somebody died. And there was a funeral that he might have gone to attend. But as a child, and when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I processed information. I reasoned as a child. And as a result, the things that I heard in Sunday school at church, I processed them as a child. Fanny J. Crosby, who lived to be 95 years old, said it best in wrapping up what I thought was so profound for me when she said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of the spirit, washed, washed in his blood. Even though I went to church every day, felt like every day. Now remember, my background is Andros. Small community, rural community. What do we do during the course of a typical day if it was not school, if you didn't go by the sea or the bay? And then when rainy season kicked in, you went for crabs, and I'm a professional crab catcher. <laughs> but my time in Sunday school in church, I remember the story in Genesis about Cain and his brother and the conflict there. 
I remember about Noah and the flood, but it was not personal to me. It was just another story that was interesting, but it was not personal. I remember about Moses. I remember about a, a flood I mentioned with the Noah and the ark. I remember about this Joseph that had this pretty coat. I remember about Daniel being thrown in a lion's den. I remember how to even spell Nebuchadnezzar. That was a big thing back then. N-E-B-U-C-H-A-D-N-E-Z-Z-A-R. And you got to help so you can remember how to spell it. I remember that. But again, that was not personal to me. I remember even the angel visiting Mary. It sounded nice, but again, that was them. It was not personal to me. I remember the miracles that Jesus did, some of them. Walking on water, that was cool, because the only thing I knew walked on water was a mosquito. But, so I remember that, but it was not personal to me. I remember the fact that Jesus was, I remember John 3.16, do you ever heard about that? Yes, that, that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I quoted it and got prizes in Sunday school for it, but it was not personal to me. So I remember them saying that Jesus was crucified. He was buried, and he rose again. I also remember them saying that he is coming back, and they were saying that for a long time, and he didn't come back yet. It was not personal to me. And then something happened, it changed. There was a preacher from Abaco. They called him Bishop Sweeting. He had a distinctive jawline. I call it a box jawline. He had a, yeah, it was just that facial structure. I remember that. They were having a revival, and this was at the church that we attended at the time. Um, that causes you to jump. It was a jumper church, all right? And so as he was preaching, Sunday night, Monday, of course, my mom went to all, and by the third um, service or revival during that service, I thought at that point that this is making sense. This is becoming a little bit personal because at that point he talked about you, all of us, you have been made for a purpose. And if you do not accept this purpose which was coming through Christ, then you will have to give an account. You will have to stand before God one day guilty. And then there's going to be the consequence that didn't seem something that I like. Even though I like warm weather, I didn't like that other outcome that was too warm for me. So listening, and um, there were others in my age group who sat in church, again, because that was the activity, uh, that week of activity was the main thing, the main activity in, in town. We had no towns so in the settlement. But I responded to that, and so that night I listened very attentively, and this became personal then at that point. And so at that point, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ 
as my savior. I then recognize that amid all of my own inadequacy, my own faults, that Jesus, the one that I learned about who died for me, but that was personal at this point, that he died for me, that he knew me and still loved me, that he knew when I sat down, when I rose up as the psalmist said, that he knew my thoughts from afar off. He was acquainted with all of my ways. There was nothing about me that he didn't know, and yet he loved me. That was absolutely amazing. He knew my thoughts to the point that every time we were about to say something, he knew it before I said it. He was behind me, in front of me, around me. He had me all wrapped up. He loved me. This was a knowledge that was too high and too wonderful for me. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. His eyes have seen and recorded my unformed substance. That's incredible to me. It is as if God looked down through the tunnel of eternity, saw me out of all the people on Andros, which I thought was a lot. All of the people in the world saw me, designed me with a purpose, built in me gifts that I was to use, and placed me in different places, in education, in Calvary Bible Church. And if you have a gift, the gift is to serve others. So I'm incredibly indebted to God, a debt that I cannot pay. I will need all of eternity to thank him for it. And yet, and in spite of all of this incredible knowledge about my eternal security, I was very non-vocal. As you can see, I'm very shy when it comes to talking. And so I went underground, as it were, for like five years without necessarily telling people about my faith in God until I was finished my teacher training and then redeployed into one of the family islands. And if you have any family island experience about the Clifton Wells, <laughs> you would know that sometimes you get into these communities because you have the label teacher. They expect certain things of you. They didn't ask your permission. And so you walk into you went to a church this Sunday because you want to rotate and you go to different churches. I walked into a church and they were doing something. This is the new teacher for the, in the community. You bow your heads, they're going to pray and everybody stood to bow their heads and when they're praying, they laugh. We ask teacher father to now pray. You mean out loud? <laughs> for people to hear me? I, I thought of escaping at that point because there was a door to my left. You know, while heads bow, eyes closed, I can tip out of here. But God is good. Absolutely good. I come to recognize, as, as says in Galatians chapter 4, that when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman under the Lord, that he might redeem those who were under the Lord, that we might receive the adoptions as son. That's incredible. I have been adopted into God's family. This is crazy good. You who have placed faith in Jesus Christ have also been adopted. 
And I, I try to visualize that. People come and pass you by. God chose you to be a part of his family. Not because we were good looking or any other features that is inherently good about us or any other features. And so as I conclude, I think about this. And this verse in scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter three, 5, verse 21, I think wraps up for me the essence of what took place and my appreciation for the magnitude of the extent of God's love for me. He says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let me slow that down. God the Father made him who knew no sin, made Jesus Christ, who was perfect, sinless. He made him to be sin on our behalf. Let me personalize that, on my behalf, for me. And you know, sin has a penalty. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what was due me, the death penalty, Christ took that. He was innocent, but he took my place. And then on top of that, he gave me his righteousness. What an exchange. I gave him death. He gave me life and righteousness. This, I say, is too high and wonderful for me to explain. And so I am obligated to tell the story every time I have the opportunity to do so. God has forgiven me of all of my iniquities. He has healed me of all of my diseases. He has redeemed my life from eternal destruction. And then on top of that, he's crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. My brothers and sisters, this is my story. You have a story. And I say like the wonderful people like Alicia who can sing so well, God bless you. If I could sing like her, I would say, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Pray with me. Our Father, you are incredible. You have given all of us a story. Those of who place faith in your son, Jesus Christ. And as a result of being adopted into your incredible family, the family of God. We thank you for the assurance that you've given to us. We thank you for the hope that we can trust you because you who promised, you are indeed faithful. And Lord, I pray that those who are here this day who have not yet placed faith in Jesus Christ, who have not accepted the gift that he's offering them eternal life with him in glory that commences even now. Lord, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will trouble them, give them no peace until they come to you and yield to you their lives. These things, Father, I ask with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen.